Welcome back to another episode of the Healthy Alabama podcast, sponsored by Thrive Alabama. Thrive Alabama is a new partner for the Healthy Alabama podcast, and we've been really blessed to have them with us for the past three episodes, uh, specifically to talk about Thrive Alabama and what Thrive Alabama is doing in North Alabama Huntsville and beyond, but all of really all of North Alabama. And, uh, I really have been glad and honored to have my longtime friends, uh, Mary Elizabeth Marr, CEO of Thrive with us, and also my buddy Mark Moore, who is the marketing director at Thrive. They've been with us for all three episodes, and I'm really excited about this conversation because this conversation is going to be focused on the the new building that Thrive will be constructing in North uh, in North Huntsville, and also its capital campaign, and I think this is really really important because it signals, I think, the growth and development and will be of uh, Thrive and will be the anchor for everything that Thrive does across North Alabama. I mean, that's that's a fair statement, right, Mimar? It is a very fair statement. Um, currently, we are our footprint is at 600 St. Clair, and now we've kind of gone outside that footprint, and we're also on Governor's Drive. We literally are in seven different buildings, and it makes it extremely difficult for not only for our clients but for our staff as well for us to feel as one organization, although technology connects us all, but we want to be in a building where we can spread out, where we can provide services, where we're not looking for a space to go meet in. And this is, this is our opportunity. We, you know, one of the things Mark and I were talking yesterday with someone about was this is Thrive's time. We have been a part of this community for 32 years. We have mostly been at 600 St. Clair, but if anybody knows anything about downtown Huntsville in the medical district, this area is, is very much prime space. And we, we just couldn't stay. We couldn't stay and we couldn't make it work to we, to where we could be in one building. We also wanted to go more into the community where we can best serve the community. It's much better for the community if you are in the community. So that has been a real goal um, for us to go, although it is just in the just over the line of what we consider to be North Huntsville. We are moving our whole operation will be at the corner of Oakwood and Washington Street. So it is the, it is the northwest corner of that um, intersection and there is, you've got 
you've got all the the wonderful education corridor that that goes from that direction and goes north all the way to A&M taking into consideration Drake um Drake State you've got we're very still very close to downtown and to the medical district but we're about three traffic lights off the parkway which makes us very accessible we will be on we're on the bus route we will have plenty of parking we will have our our space will also have uh the ability to allow others to come into our space and use our space so we just want to be here for the community and because we're here for the community we need the community's support and I'll let Mark talk now. Well before Mark jumps in I just clarify something for me you said it's not actually North Huntsville I thought that was North Huntsville. No it's it's very much the edge we're we're just over the edge is what I'm saying. Mm. I'm not sure exactly what the line is so, but I, so North Huntsville starts uh, at university and and so we're at Sparkman, which is the next intersection up. What what Mimar is alluding to is that there are some people who dictate what they consider North Huntsville, depending on the side of the parkway that you're on, sitting depending on how how north you go. And you know we want people to know that we we picked an area that one was large enough to house the building that we knew we needed to build in order to serve the number of people we're going to serve. So Mary Elizabeth mentioned the size of the building, 72,000 square feet. In that, we expect to serve 14,000 patients annually. Um, And and right now we're serving around 4,000 patients in the 2,100 square feet that we have now. And so the goal is to grow ourselves in such a way as to meet this great need because we have – in, in, in the, in the area, we have 94,000, uh, people with unmet healthcare needs. And that could be anything from lack of insurance, lack of access to provider, uh, lack of education about healthcare, fear of healthcare is. So all of these different factors that factor into why people aren't accessing healthcare. So our goal is to be another component in meeting that need. And we're so fortunate to have in our planning process of becoming a community health center that is recognized by the federal government and in, and in our planning for deciding what the building looks like and what type of services it will house, we work with other larger community health centers in other cities, in other states. And so we're bringing a lot of unique ideas to Huntsville, and that's exciting because Huntsville is nothing but the home for unique ideas. And we see so much growth and we've seen it in um, West Huntsville, in the low mill area and campus 805 and stove house. And we see it at mid city and we see, we've seen it at Providence and, and there's new developments in South Huntsville. And now we're finally starting to see some growth in district one. So we're seeing Johnson high school being converted. We're seeing, I think I think Lee High School is actually might be District Two, so we're seeing uh, Lee High School that that was rebuilt a few years ago with the uh, with the academy as part of it, and we get to now be a part of this exciting growth that's happening in North Huntsville. But what's even more exciting is that we're bringing something that's not there now. We're bringing this really unique healthcare model, um, this center that will provide such a wide range of services under one roof that brings not only convenience for the patient, but also brings efficiency to the model. So let's say, for example, you come to the new Thrive Clinic, the new Thrive Healthcare Center at Oakwood in Washington, 
and you're at a doctor's visit, uh, at a dental visit, because now we'll be offering dental care. And the, and the dentist is doing his or her stuff and they're, they're checking you out and they discover something in the process of their examination that should be handled by medical. And they say, Hey, we need to get you scheduled for a medical appointment because I'm glad that I saw this and you may not have known this. And now we can, we don't have to hunt around town. We don't have to worry about, you know, what you can or can't afford. Or if your insurance is covered by this, this or that person, we already know you're in the system and we can just do an internal referral and say, Hey, we're going to get you lined up with a medical appointment as soon as possible so we can get this, this more serious issue addressed. We do it now, for example, for our primary care patients. If they are meeting with their primary care provider and they start talking about some mental health issues, we make an internal referral to our behavioral health care department. And that same type of thing will happen. Or let's say someone is in primary care and they're having a, a social service issue we had that team of social workers and that came out of our years of being a HIV clinic is having a robust case management uh, foundation that worked completely lock and step with the medical providers so that, so that everyone gets the most attention towards solving their healthcare problems and the problems around that. Because if you can't, if you've got other things going on in your life that are obstacles to healthcare, whether that's housing, transportation, um, language, uh, finances, whatever that obstacle is, we've got that system of case management, social workers to help you hurdle those, to, to jump over those hurdles and make sure that your healthcare can then be that top priority. And once we're in this new healthcare facility, it becomes that much easier. Um, because we, we've just really taken the time to work with the professionals at Chatton and Sisson, um, to, to interface with our partners in other states to say, okay, what worked for you? What didn't work for you? Uh, what works in this health clinic over here? How did this hospital system do this? How did this medical doctor's office do that? So that when we developed our plan and our Structure. We're trying to just be, again, smart and efficient, um, high quality, but, um, again, focused on that patient care. So this, um, this comprehensive one-stop shop kind of model that you just described sounds awfully unique to me. It, it sounds like something I'm not accustomed to hearing about when it comes to primary care. Is it really unique? Is it really new? Um, actually, the um, community health care system, and Mark did say this is a federal program. It has been around the first two sites. One was in Boston and one was in Mississippi, in the Delta region of Mississippi. And this has been around um since the early 70s, I believe, Mark, and has grown to 1,400 separate federally qualified health centers or community health centers in the country. Um, each one is, is autonomous from the standpoint that they are their own, they have their own board of directors, they have their own goals to meet and all of this. But we do follow what the federal government has figured out, the Bureau of Primary Health Care, as a safety net for individuals, this is a safety net program for people who have unmet needs in our country. 
this has really truly um is been a blessing for millions and millions of people um we were actually one of only 25 that were um that were funded in 2019 uh it's extremely competitive and once you are a community health center you are part of a an organ a bigger organization but you have to work real hard to stay in that um larger organization and there are you know several community health centers of course in Alabama and, and even multiple in in Huntsville um the uniqueness we bring is is bringing all those services under one roof um and then our history as again an HIV clinic by having that deep deep um bench of case managers and social workers is also a really unique uh thing that we bring to the table um and again by building it now with all this great wealth of information that we're pulling from these other sources we're able to just kind of construct something that's um that's really set to work deep into the future to provide healthcare as opposed to many before may have started out as a small thing maybe a neighborhood thing and then they started kind of branching out uh combining services buying up services so we're just approaching a model in a unique way so so the 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 system the infrastructure has been there for decades uh we're 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 doing it in a unique way um here in Huntsville and we're just really excited to to do that uh we've been in this quiet phase of the capital campaign talking to individuals talking to the city to the state to businesses to industry foundations um getting the getting the information out and now we're moving into that phase where we start actually asking for financial support and then the next phase will then move to asking for public uh financial support so it's it's um it's a process and it's it's a big process and it's it's one of the biggest things that Thrive Alabama has undertaken but this organization has been you know from the from the first you know times when we were, when we were having patients come up uh the back fire escape to come to a uh a visit to move into our first clinic where we were able to actually hire a medical professional to um opening up our first satellite clinic in another city um each every few years we we say what is this unmet need and how do we meet that and you know Mary Elizabeth has been a visionary our board has been extremely strong and proactive and our staff is of course top notch in saying how do we fit into this puzzle how do we make a relevant difference in this in in the community that we're in um so i'm just really excited about that one of the things that's very unique to community health centers is the board um composition um and and david you've been on our board a, a long long time ago but you were on our board mm-hmm. and we tried very hard to you know pull people from the community what community health centers are charged to do is that 51% at least 51% of our board members are receivers of service are our our patients so this is extremely different from the model that we have had in the past um this is to keep the transparency going this is also so that we have frontline individuals who are able to tell my senior staff and myself how we could do things better or how we are doing great things um it it really um this has been 
how the model started way back from the very first to first community. It's community. It's from the community. And um, I just love it. It 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 makes um, when you have board members who are also patients, they're out there telling people, you know, how wonderful um, their services that they receive are and it is it it, it just is one it's wonderful. We also have many of our staff are also receive their services from um, Thrive Alabama, which is also great. Um, that they feel comfortable enough with the services that they're being provided that they choose this for their health care provider. Yeah. I was just going to say uh, that the 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 integration of services I think is unique and is very effective. And I don't think it is what you find when you go to other community health care centers or um, or any primary care setup. You just don't really find that kind of integration. I think that's that's going to be tremendously effective and helpful, especially when you're dealing with populations that are at high risk or have or have special needs. I think that's very crucial. Uh what how would you say that Thrive is different today with this community health center model than it was prior to it? What's the what's the big difference? I would say the big difference is taking care of anyone in the community, not just based on the need for HIV care. Um, one of the things that uh, when we looked at this years ago, it was for a number of reasons. One thing is the stigma of HIV that just is absolutely never going to go away. And we decided to hit it head on. And if you do not know, walking into our center today, there is no, there's no ability to know who is HIV positive, who is not HIV positive. Um, but we also knew that we were so successful. Actually, our HIV positive patients are among the most successful with the disease management in the whole state, in the whole Southeast. Um, we wanted to bring this to individuals who were not HIV positive. Also, we wanted to be able to take care of um, their families. And if, um, if, and the whole family. So again, we wanted, this is, this is another reason why we did it. And then quite, um, honestly, in today's society where it is extremely difficult to make ends meet in, in medical practices, it's getting more and more difficult. We wanted to be sustainable for what we were doing for our, our patients who were HIV positive, um, but make it sustainable for the whole community. And the model that we have set forth, we actually have seven-year projections of how many patients we need, how many visits we need. It, it is all very, very, very complicated. And, um, um, and how much, how, how many patients need to have insurance, how many patients need to have Medicaid, Medicare, so that we can, can take care of people who don't have any 
any medical care, who don't have any medical insurance or a payer. Um, again, I told in the last uh, session, we also have someone who works on getting people into the medical insurance system. That is a really hard system to navigate if you don't know how to do that. Um, so we have a staff member, and as we grow, we will have people under her that will work with her to make sure that we get people signed up for whatever services that they need. Yeah. You talked about the, uh, you and Mark both have talked about the capital campaign. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit, uh, more. So exactly what phase are you in right now? We have now, I would say, um, we are, we were getting ready to walk into the more open phase of the capital campaign and then COVID hit. Um, literally within, within the same week, we were, we were ready to, um, we had been quietly talking to people, telling people what a good idea this was, literally talking to hundreds of individuals and literally I had, we had three people who said, you know, I think there's enough healthcare in Huntsville. Hmm. I don't know what rock they were, you know, but anyways, that doesn't make any difference. Um, or, you know, where they, where they were coming from. But, um, we have literally found literally no one who doesn't understand that there's not enough health care in Huntsville, especially with the fact that we are going to be the largest city in Alabama in a few short years. We continue to grow even through through COVID. We've continued to see growth and healthcare needs to grow with that. So that was the first thing. So we are now in the phase where we are um, not only educating people about the need, but we are basically saying, and what can you do to help us with this? The building is going to cost $25 million. That is a lot of money, a lot of money for an organization who um, started out with a $25,000 life insurance policy that someone left us. So this is... This is a lot of money, but it is also going to be an investment for the community, for them to understand that this is for the community and it needs to come out of the community. So we, we are not looking at any gifts or any pledges or Nothing is too little or too large. We do have naming opportunities, and for some people, that's really important. Or it, it's not so much that it's important, but it's nice to see. We had a um, an organization that wanted to give us some money for testing not too long ago. And Mark talked to him and said, you know, um, Thrive has been given money from the federal government to take care of testing. And we're going to do the testing regardless. If you would let us take that money that you have offered so graciously and we could put it towards the building, think of the sustainability that that's going to do. And they were thrilled. 
they were absolutely thrilled to be able to help in that way. So um, it can be groups of people that want to memorialize someone or honor someone. Um, it can be, um, you know, it can be clubs. You can also be pledges over three years. So when you think about the fact that um, you can name um, a room uh, for $5,000, um, over three years, you know, you almost spend, some people spend more money on their coffee than, than that is, um, than that would be over a three year period. Um, and we make it very, very easy to donate to us. All right. So you've got a goal of $25 million and, uh, and you're, and you're encouraging people to see this as an investment in the community. Because uh, you'll be serving the community in a very comprehensive way, as we've already talked about. I think that's a, a good approach. Mark, do you have anything you want to add to what Mimar said? Um, you know, it's it's an exciting time. She she hit the perfect word in, in saying that it's an investment. Um, and it's something that we're hoping that um, everyone at every level uh, of of the community be that individuals, corporations, foundations, uh, and government all take a part in making that investment. Um, churches. Yeah, churches, exactly, civic groups. You know, it's just a good chance for the community to come together to do something that's going to offer a permanent resource uh, for people um, in our city and, and, and really will be another model of excellence, um, for Huntsville. You know, again, you know, in, in our earlier sessions, I was excited, really geeked up about, um, how our medical providers are with their patients. And this becomes the tool that they can use to reach more patients. And that's just, again, something else to be really excited about. Um, it's hard work. You know, this is our first, uh, capital campaign. Um, you know, Definitely end up larger than we probably first expected. We did lots of uh, lots of research and legwork in advance of starting it. Uh, you know, talked to outside consulting uh, firms, um, tons and tons of meetings, just doing a lot. Um, but it's worth it because we all so deeply believe in the mission and the potential for what this new healthcare center can uh, bring to Huntsville. Yeah. And we've been talking about Huntsville, but I, but I, but I think Thrive is is also sort of positioning itself and has positioned itself. Let me let me correct myself. Has positioned itself through the years to have a regional footprint as well. So let's talk about that really briefly. From you know, what do you see as the as the as the giant footprint of Thrive, Mimar? Well, um, for our HIV care our, and our STD care, um, which also means primary care for the HIV positive person, we actually go Mississippi to Georgia and Tennessee all the way to Birmingham. So we do have a very large reach and we have um, a, an excellent satellite site in Florence and we have one in Albertville. Our Albertville clinic um, is is nearly um, bilingual. So our staff, we, we purposely hire staff that can um, help individuals who English is not their first language. So again, this is all very purposeful. Now with Thrive, um, 
Community Health Center. Our footprint is Madison County and and counties that I mean we're not we don't turn anyone away. It's just a matter of where someone um, feels comfortable coming from. So um, we do have people that come from Decatur. We have people that come from Limestone County that come from Gunnersville. This is not unusual for community health centers to have this kind of a reach. And there are 17 community health centers in the state. Um, it's, we, we belong to the Primary Health Care Association of Alabama, which is um, a networking organization as well as an advocacy for this for this mission of, of taking care. And especially with so many problems with rural health. The primary health care and the FQHC, the Federally Qualified Health Center, the Community Health Center footprint is an excellent way to help take care of our need for rural health care and our closing of rural hospitals. You you took you know it's almost like you read my mind. That was literally the next question I was going to ask about, which is how how Thrive fits into this this new motif where we've got this dramatic decline in healthcare that healthcare options for people in rural areas, and you covered it. I don't even have to ask now. Well, it is it is a, a really important one, and even one that we have talked with Montgomery about, and they understand that um, there's a responsibility of these community health centers to help pick up the slack. So um, we also work with UAB and, of course, Huntsville Hospital and Crestwood Hospital, but UAB here in Huntsville has a program that talk, that tries to teach and give, um, new, new residents the, the idea about rural healthcare. Um, the, the other great thing that we're able to do, which a lot of people don't understand, is that medical providers come out of school with huge debt. And because we are a federal program, uh, there is a program where where they can come and work with us and some of their debt can be relieved. Right. So that is an excellent way for us to get a very diverse um, provider population and then the, hook them in and keep them. Hope come in and keep them because we will, once we get into our new building, we will be increasing the number of providers that we will, that we have. Well, I just think, you know, again, having watched Thrive, you know, over the past 30 plus years, having watched Thrive go from where it was 30 plus years ago when I was on the board to now. It's just mind-blowing in the most phenomenal way. And that's why I'm so excited that for these past three episodes, me, Mar, you, and Mark, and, and Dr. Uh, Dr. Asai uh, and others have been with us to discuss these issues and to really flesh out the mission and the purpose of Thrive and what's going on with Thrive today. This is very exciting I think it's going to be an amazing, uh, 
I started to say addition to the community, but you've been here, so you, it's not an addition, but but just a but just what you're bringing, the additional things that you're bringing now, it's just phenomenal. You've been at this for twenty years. Oh, many more than twenty years. I don't want to because you know I I was in high school when I first started. <laughs> yeah. Um. Ser- seriously, and you know, COVID has brought um, a lot of what I've been doing uh, for the last three to five years has been doing a lot of outward work. Um, I'm on committees in Washington talking about um, uncompensated care, talking about how to make all this work, talking about HIV, talking about the unmet needs of our communities. Um, with COVID, it has left me um, staying more at home, but it has been it has been a great opportunity. And also now working uh, with the capital campaign, um, there there will be time to get back to Washington, and our problems in Washington will still be there, um, whether whether I, I'm up there or not. Um, so it's uh, it it is exciting, David. You know. I, uh, uh, people have asked me because you know now I'm getting to the point where I'm one of the older people on the block, and we, you know when are you thinking about retiring and that kind of thing? You know it is still every single day I walk into this office and I don't think, gee whiz, I wonder what I'm going to do today. No, it's still exciting. There's still so much unmet need. Um, I'm so excited to be able to bring people like Mark. Um, into the fold and um, get them excited as to what we're doing. Dr. Shaw, this is this is a wonderful new investment in our um, healthcare system to be able to. She brings such wealth, and the fact that she does come from the federally qualified health center system, but she also comes from. Um, one of the things she told very briefly, which I don't even know yet all the ins and outs of, she actually opened and helped run a refugee camp, which I think is absolutely fascinating because of the fact that Denver is a sanctuary city. Whoa. So um, she's also been in corporate health care. So she can bring to us the things that we need and um, – it, it it's just uh, there's just not enough hours in the day to get everything done. Phenomenal. Thank you. Well, Mimar, I want to thank you as always, Mary Elizabeth Marr, CEO of Thrive Alabama. Thank you for uh, for what you're doing in this community, in 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 helping to lead Thrive into this new era. Thank you for this uh, this partnership that we've had over this, the past three episodes here at the Healthy Alabama Podcast. Mark, you've been a tremendous marketeer and promoter of Thrive and what Thrive is about. You bring a real serious uh, level of expertise along with a, a copious heaping helpings of jovial delivery. <laughs> you, you know how to promote with fun and laughter. I love it, Mark. 
so thank you for what you're doing. And Dr. Shaw, I said Sai earlier. I'm sorry. I know a Dr. Sai, but Dr. Shaw uh, seems like just a great addition. I'm glad to have, glad that she was able to join us for two of our three episodes. And uh, just keep up the good work and continue to let us know at the Healthy Alabama podcast and uh, at WJOU how we can support you and what you're doing as you continue to serve Huntsville and the rest of North Alabama. Well, thank you for being such a good partner to us as well. Um, you have helped us over the years in more. This is a mutual admiration society. So um, thank you very much for all the support you've provided to us over the years, David. Well, my pleasure. The Healthy Alabama Podcast, sponsored by Thrive Alabama. I'm David Person, host and producer. Our theme music was produced by DJ Bailey. This episode was co-produced by Damian Malone and Ariana Brown. I'm David Person. Until next time, be healthy. <laughs>